Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's actually just Todd and I for this one, strangely enough. I know. And we don't often talk about prior podcasts, but if you didn't catch last week's, please listen to that because we had Edgar and yeah. Tom on. We were all talking about the pilgrimage film and it was mm-hmm. it was different. It was pretty cool to hear their insights and just, you know, their experiences Definitely. about Definitely. driving the ring and being shoved into a car and shotgunned into a car, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're back to the regular car debates for this one, but uh, but last mm-hmm. week's podcast was pretty fun, and this week it was. We've got some life changes to talk about, and that is when you're you know graduating college and you're mm-hmm. you know looking for a new job. You're fresh out of college. We're talking about cars for college grads, and James writes writes to us from Orange County, California, and looking mm-hmm. for some something that. Uh, He's looking for something that isn't necessarily he's, going to be raced or autocrossed, which is what we'd like to talk about a lot. But he's looking for something that's comfortable and a new step up, sort of new life yeah. post-college. He's got some specific needs there, which is kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, it is cool. And then we've got another life change. We've got Antonio. He's in Pismo Beach, California, and he is a dentist, a husband, and recently became a father. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Congratulations, Antonio, but now it's all different. It's, yeah, it's yeah. all different. So it's uh, <laughs> it'll be fun to debate this one because, you know, dentists and sports cars go together like peanut butter and jelly. So we'll have to find yeah. something that is cool so, but still so what fits we, his family needs in there. Do we recommend a 911 now and just move on? Just just, just call that thing? And I guess we're done. Oh, Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Yeah, exactly. Moving on. Anyway. <laughs> well, but you know, before we get to those, though, I do want to say a couple of things. First off, I have to talk about Pilgrimage one more time. I promise you for only about 30 seconds. And that is to say, look, it's out. It's getting some good reviews. In fact, just the day we're recording this, our friends at Hooniverse, Jason over there, just yeah. wrote a really cool article about the, the Pilgrimage. They watched it and talked it up. We have actually mentioned it to a lot of our car journalist friends and uh, the Hooniverse guys. Those boys are the first ones to talk about it. Thank you guys for doing that. Because essentially, we just want to get the word out. What we've heard from you, the audience, is that this feels universal and it feels like you're with us and we're thrilled that that's the response. If you haven't left a review yet, please leave a review. But because it feels so universal to so many of you, we're trying to get other auto journalists to mention it to their audiences to have it go wide. And I'll be honest with you, just about anybody you're probably reading or listening to has probably heard of the film from us. If they aren't talking about it, they may be proactively ignoring us. So help us by getting the word out. Because every all of you are just saying, feels like we're there. This is universal. How cool is this? The Hooniverse boys are saying the same. Yep. We're just yep. excited for people to find the film. So please be sharing it. And please be giving us your reviews. We want to hear more of that. We're, we're thrilled by the response so far. We just want to get as many people as possible to see it. Because apparently, those of you that are, are thoroughly enjoying it. A couple people have said... Did you see this, Paul? There was a guy in the last couple of days that said he was going to join Piston Club as a result of seeing the film. Oh, no kidding. I didn't see that. Which was like, this is this is great. He's close enough that he could join Piston Club. Another oh, wow. guy said he's now thinking about taking this trip next year as a result of the film. I mean, this is what we're going for. We want to give you a taste of it to inspire you to want to do it yourselves. 
and that is happening, which is great. So thank you. Uh, we should talk about some things that aren't pilgrimage, though. There's <laughs> been some car can. news that's happened. We, we have had a lot we of should. car news, as a matter of fact. With uh, There's some, Porsche news, some, in fact. <laughs> we love Porsche news. Well, I love Porsche news. And well, that you is, love Porsche uh, news. That is uh, one of my faves, the Cayman and the Boxster. They are resurrecting this 718 nomenclature numbering mm-hmm. scheme. As you noted in the 50 Years of the 9-11 film, they keep jumping around on numbers and naming conventions. They have no now idea. going they have no backwards. Idea. To 718, and that means turbocharged engines, as a matter of fact. I'm reading the stats and specs on this, and they're good. It's not, uh, it's not crazy surpassing what their naturally aspirated engines, their flat sixes are already putting out. But the, the potential, I would say, for future models and then for tuning, because Porsche is now really jumping into the the turbo bandwagon, having turboed Mm -hmm. all their Mm -hmm. 2016 911s, so no longer is the turbo the turbo, because the entry-level turbo is also the turbo. Is also the turbo. And now the Cayman and the Boxster are turbo, and I'm sure the Panamera turbo and the Cayenne turbo. But this is... So. <laughs> this is now the entry level <laughs> world of Porsche. Is you can now yeah. get you will now be able to get a Cayman or a Boxster with a flat four with a turbo on it. So I mean, what's the stats on these are what like mid two hundreds or so? It's it's not going to be hair on for, fire, but it is going to be base. Yes, they're talking three hundred yeah. for the S though, which is right at okay, where but, they're currently at for the yeah. flat six. So. Okay. So the the All thing, right. but but you also you've you've kind of sidestepped uh, or, or kind of gotten near the other big thing that happens, and that is where this heads is. Think of all the tuners. I'll, I'll just think of Cobb for a oh, second. Yeah. Cobb and their simple access port. Think of all the tuners who are used to doing tunes and offering you flashes for your turbo car. Now they can play with Porsche, and now we've got Porsches that are coming a little bit further down in price. Now let's be honest, it's Porsche. Their extras are so much that it'll probably still be a car that lists at thirty eight forty grand. It is suddenly 60 by the time you actually get one. But, hey, maybe the second owners will be able to get them for 30 grand, Sheesh, and then you can tune yeah. them. And it'll be, it'll be nuttiness. I mean, that'll be the thing. It'll be the, hey, you can get a flash from you name your tuner that you like, and suddenly your base Cayman at 240 is running 280, and you haven't done anything else. And then the 300 is, what, a 350? I mean, you know that's going to happen because yeah. those turbo cars are always so tuned, and now Porsche is entering into a world in which those tuners are going to really take notice. I mean, volume-wise, that's the reason that the WRX gets tuned so much, is because so many of them get bought. Most tuners aren't going to mess with, like, a high-end 911 because how many of those kits are they going to make back just on volume? They're just not not worth the money. Right, I can see a Cobb doing something like that. Yeah. yeah, a base came in a base boxster. Enough of those are going to sell. You could probably start seeing those things. That's an interesting twist for these cars. That reminds me, when I had my Cayman, I was looking into a company called TPC Racing. You guys have probably heard of this. They're a smaller tuner outfit, but they do campaign some Cayman race cars, and they were dropping turbos onto the flat sixes, and mm, the mm. full turbo version, it added, gosh, I think it added 100 to 150 horsepower for 10 grand, and it was just expensive enough where I thought, I don't know if it's worth doing that. Will I get my money back out of it when I sell it? Because it required the intercooler, the full exhaust, and sure, the turbo kit. Sure. And it was bulletproof. It was great. And they were claiming 450 horsepower out of these things and going, oh, my gosh, yeah. which would, would have been awesome. So I, I had kind of sniffed around doing that. But here Porsche is doing that. And as you said, the tuners are just going to take that and run with it. But I do yeah. have a fear, though. And you brought it up when you okay. said Subaru. I hope these cars don't sound like Subarus. I really don't. Hmm. 
I mean, you can tune well, it from an exhaust yeah, okay. note, but that chunter, yeah. that brrr, Subaru thing that they've got, you always you don't have well, to hear that, the exhaust; you hear the engine, and you just that know un- unequal, it's that flat Ford's, you know. Yeah, it's that unequal thing. length header thing. I mean, that's the yeah. reason that the FRS stock doesn't really sound the same because it's got equal length he- headers. And, you sure, know, a lot of the headers sure. that people put on the, the FRS are unequal length, which adds that noise back and sometimes changes the the torque dip. And we're going to get into all that as we talk, talk talk tuning on that car. But I I'm sure just because of engine placement alone, and of course Porsche designers and, and engineers, they're going to have headers on there that's going to change that exhaust note a lot. I mean, I, mean, I, I have agree faith. With, I, I doubt it will happen. You know, I have faith they'll they'll know that and they'll say well. You know, obviously, we can't make our car sound like a Subaru. Of course, they'll yeah. take that into consideration yeah. and make it sound completely different. Sure. But just think, all right. Hopefully, it's great, and uh, well, I think it's really intriguing. It's, Everybody's on this turbo band. I wagon. agree. I'm, I'm intrigued to know. I'm intrigued to know what will happen as far as actual prices on these cars. That's the first thing I'm curious about because mm. the problem, as we talked about every year at the LA Auto Show, you go, oh look, it's a car with thirty thousand dollars worth of <laughs> options on it, and they're the you kings. Know? And that's, they are the kings, exactly. And yeah, that's insane. So I mean, I'm hoping this gets this brings Porsches down into almost the average person could go buy one new. But then, of course, the other thing though, the the base. Porsches of any model. I mean, come on, the Cayenne we bought as an example. The base Porsches plummet in resale. Sure, so the, which is a good thing. The, the couple I year think. old, the couple year old versions of these seven eighteen Boxsters and Caymans are going to be serious contenders for. I could just get a Porsche instead. And the nice thing is, we're talking about you're talking about aftermarket turbos. This mm-hmm. is factory turbos. Right. All the engineering will have been done for the car to be a turbo. Anyway, just to run right. right as a turbo. Right. So right. you will be able to take far less risk than what you're talking about with totally retrofitting a Cayman with a turbo engine, which would still be awesome. But yeah, this is theoretically a lower risk option, and you wind up with what will probably be a pretty cool car. Those are great chassis, so why not? I, I think it's great. And speaking of price tags, on a different oh. car, we had found out, <laughs> we read this week. I, I love what you noted about this, and I want to talk about this, but uh, we read about the Acura NSX, and the price tag uh-huh. was announced, yeah. I think, this week, yeah. or the, the configurator goes live last, in February, last... does it not? So you can start but specking it, but it out. But the price is out. As of the last but week, the, the price is out. the base price that... was announced. Mm-hmm. $157,000. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and and one estimate one estimate was that by the time you put all the options on this, this car is going to touch nearly two hundred grand. Now, I, I have to caveat a couple of things real quick, and and they're good caveats. We love the original NSX. We're big fans. If you haven't seen it yet, we did a we did a, a piece on the two major changes of that car when they changed the engine size, they changed the gearbox, went from a yep. five to a six yep. speed. We covered all of that in one of our uh, in one piece, one NSX piece. We're very big fans of that car in every in every variation, even though it didn't change much in its lifespan. But when it first came out, though, the the great thing about the NSX, I mean, there were a lot of great things. But one of the great things was. You could buy your Ferrari or your genuine exotic, or for that matter, almost even your Porsche, for significantly more money. But your Ferrari was two, three times what right. the NSX was. Right. This was the whole selling and, point of the NSX. This and, is and yet, why they splashed onto mm-hmm. the scene with that car. It was, and the problem now is at one hundred and fifty to two hundred grand. I mean, I, I was worried about this already, but now that the price is out, I'm genuinely worried about it. I'm excited to drive it. I think it actually looks great. However. You were right in the middle of a lot of really interesting options once you spend that kind of money. I you mean, and I were talking about gonna this. Go, you know that? I'm going to go. I'm going to go away from supercars for a minute. What about a BMW i8? 
if you want something that's classy, <laughs> sure. sports car looking, interesting hybrid forward looking technology, you have Very 150 unique. grand in your pocket. Right. Why not buy an i8? Unless you're a guy that really drives hard, and a lot of guys that buy cars like this aren't guys that drive hard. If you're a guy that commutes mostly and might take a leisurely fun road but not that fast Sunday drive, I got to kind of put my money on the i8, I think. I think it's a more interesting variation if you're going to go that route for 150 grand than something like an NSX. But if you go sporty, well, yeah, now yeah. you've got now you've got the I mean, look at what you're competing with. 911, the turbo is in that range. The R8 is in that range. There's a lot these of things not, in that range, you know that? These are not non-contenders. Yeah, I mean a couple year old Lamborghinis are in that range. I mean, by the time you get sure. 200 grand, 200 grand is a lot of genuine exotic options. I mean, you can almost touch the McLaren 570 for that. So I'm waffling. Wow. I, I want to drive it just like you do. I really want to drive this Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And so I'm waffling back and forth. On one hand, I think, okay, the new NSX They've spent a lot of years developing this car, seemingly more than other supercars or more, more mm -hmm. than, you know, we see new, new generation of Ferraris. And that NSX was targeted at the prior generation V8 mid-engine Ferrari, the 458. Yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly mm -hmm. they've got the 488 out and it yep. feels like, yep. okay, Acura, Honda, your development has been a little bit behind here. Okay, mm -hmm. that's fine. They're targeting that mid-range 200K supercar realm. All right, yeah, but I, I think on one hand, are they are shoppers really cross shopping, or are they? You know, you want a Ferrari, so you're going to go get a Ferrari, or you know, you know what? I'm a McLaren guy. Mm -hmm. You know what? I've been really, really lusting after an Audi R8. I, you know, I feel like I don't know that there's a lot of back to back driving like you and I recommend our listeners do. I don't know that people take mm. a Saturday and go drive the McLaren, the i8, <laughs> the new NSX, and then on Sunday they drive something else and think, huh, these are all really good cars and I just don't know. Mm. Everybody seems to have well, their own what thing with each car. What you're kind of saying though, what you're kind of saying though is is I think at this kind of price I think the challenge is going to be is anybody going to buy an NSX that didn't already want one? Well, yes, this is the this is the other hand. You're starting to address this other side of what I'm thinking about is, well, <laughs> are people cross-shopping that? Or are they going to be turned yeah. off by the price? Or are they just going to say, you know what, it's the new NSX, therefore I've got to have the NSX. You know, it's – yeah. I mean, how many other Asian supercars fit this category? It's all European. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So is it the diehard NSX kind of guys? But the big problem is – it no longer competes on price. Maybe it has the same yeah, performance and feel and specs as all the other things we're talking about, but it no longer competes but, on price, but it's which big, was the original it, selling I'm, I'm gonna point. Go, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. You know, I'm going to go another similar route with you, and I'm going to say this: the the NSX was kind of, if you follow me, kind of the Japanese equivalent of the Corvette. Better, but follow me. The point being, you got a car that looked mm. great, had a lot of performance from a brand with less prestige than the Germans or Italians. However, you got it for half or a third of the cost with right. almost the same performance. Brand new. So my Brand question new. becomes Not exactly. Used. So my question becomes, you know, the the current Z06, all right, is a world beater at a hundred right. grand. Right. A world beater. Bring bring anybody of any price point. The Z06 will compete. But what if the Z06 was a quarter million dollars? 
Would anyone care? <laughs> Honestly, would anyone care? If it was a $200,000 Corvette, wouldn't most of the, of the world just kind of laugh and go, really? And only the diehard Corvette guys would buy that? This is my concern for the NSX. Maybe, because it doesn't maybe. have a, look at what I got and look at how much I saved. I got all this performance for less money. No, you got the same performance for the same money. Do you buy the NSX? I am fascinated by this car. I can't wait to drive it. But I am shocked by that price. And then, you know, I hate to bring up this particular car because it's always seems to pop up when we're talking about bang for the buck and performance numbers for low money. It's the GTR. What are subsequent versions of the Nissan GTR going to do? Yeah. What is the current yeah. version? You still get staggering performance for almost half the price mm -hmm. of an NSX, mm -hmm. even though there's yeah. going to be all the appeal that the NSX has that is the appeal of supercars. It's the low slung. And mid-engines and the look, yeah. yeah styling, yeah, yeah. the look, the newer yeah. technology, the hybrid aspect of it. All of those things come into play. Of course, it's the newest, latest. It's the early adopters. It's mm -hmm. the people that bought the Apple yeah. Watch right when it came out, or maybe they pre-ordered <laughs> it. Really, it's those people who are the early technology adopters, and they've got this kind of money, and they're going to say, you know what? That kind of hybrid technology and that performance, it's also the people who bought the I'm i8, but the i8 is far less. So now what do you do I'm, with the NSX? I almost think they've I'm priced so, themselves out of the market. I'm so curious. You know what it almost feels like? It almost feels like I'm reaching a bit, but it almost feels like to me the scenario that happened with the original NSX and Ferrari is mm -hmm. reversed now. When the original NSX came out, it came out and Ferrari looked at their 348 and went, that's not good enough and it costs too much. Right, right. And they had to make the 355 to compete to some degree. I mean, look. They're not direct right. competitors. I'm not claiming they are. But Ferrari kind of – the 355 is the, the better variation that they – well, here's the NSX that comes out competing against, as you already said it, the 458. And before it's really even out, Ferrari's already one-upped them with the 488. But, I mean, granted, <laughs> more money, but I'm wondering if it's the reverse scenario. I, look, I want this mm. car to succeed. I'm glad it's coming out. I'm just really scratching my head and going, how does this car do? And then I'm sure Honda's run the numbers. How well do they need it to do? Because you have something like the Lexus uh, IS. What, what was? Why am I? Why am I drawing a blank? Sorry, the Lexus Hypercar. Oh, help me. Uh, oh, uh, I don't know why I can't think. Of it <laughs> we we both completely I, blanked I'm on blanking. it. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the Lexus Hypercar. It was three hundred thousand dollars. Lexus didn't care if it was a financial success or not. They wanted to show off. I don't think that's accurate right. here. I just don't uh, think it is. I mean, every car manufacturer needs some sort of halo car. The R8 does it for yep. Audi all day long. They need this car. They need, you know, to resurrect the NSX name. Just like yep. Toyota needs to resurrect the Supra name. Come on, Toyota. I mean, jump back yep. into the game here. But I, I don't know that it's not going to be a loss leader type of car. But it's certainly, I don't know that it's going to make him a boatload of money. It's not a volume well, car. It's, it's a halo the LFA. car still. The LFA is what I'm talking about. Thank the you. Lexus LFA, LFA yeah. was, yep. a, was a bragging car. I couldn't get RCF out of my head. Of, I, I was just thinking yeah, RCF. But, yeah, exactly. The LFA had the long gestation period that this NSX did. I just, I'm really wondering what this car is. I mean, the Bugatti Veyron is a bragging rights car. It's not a let's right. make money car. Right. But I, I really wonder. I really do. Anyway, we should move on. We could beat that to death, but we should probably do a car debate. Down to earth, down to reality for uh, real, yeah, real yeah, money. Yeah. I mean, Talk about James in Orange County. He's 22. <laughs> Thanks for writing to us, James. You just recently graduated with a computer engineering degree, and, and so you've got a little money. You've got a first job. You're, you, you're going, okay, I want a car I really love, but I commute mostly. I'm not mm -hmm. going to autocross. I don't do track days, so I'm going to commute. So he's told us about $25,000. 
he, it, it's essentially a point A to point B car. What's interesting about this, though, is you've said you want it to be fun when you put your foot down, but if you had to pick, you'd like handling over power. And then the other twist that I have to say is the harder twist. I understand it. I understand it, James. But here's the harder twist. You've said it has to be an automatic because essentially 60, 70 percent of your use of this car is going to be commuting. So you yeah. said no manuals. Yeah. So that already kills some things. This is an interesting start because those are two very specific requirements. Plus, hey, I'd like four seats. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, James is 22, and he needs a car that says, you know, he's going for job interviews, or James maybe already have a job, but it, it needs to say smart, sharp, I'm a computer engineering grad, you know, join yeah. the real world, all that kind of stuff. But before we suggest a car, I've got to come back to insurance, because you are only 22, and insurance sure. on anything hotter, of course, I mean, most of your paycheck is going to be going towards that, and I hate to say it. But both Todd and I have lived in L.A., Southern California. be concerned. And Mm -hmm. so it is something to think about. And I like your list of cars. What James has done here, he sent in a list of cars that he grew up driving. And then he's Mm -hmm. got a list of cars that he's currently considering. They're uh, to the car. They're all Japanese. Have you noticed this? Toyotas, Hondas, Lexus, Nissan, Mazda, another Honda. Mm -hmm. He's looking at the 2016 Accord. He's actually looking at your car, only the 2015 Cyan FRS. And then he's got down here this any year Lexus IS350, which is intriguing Mm -hmm. to me. And I just wanted to mention the insurance. And then just, James, because you live in Orange County, I'm going to say no BMWs, Mercedes-Benzes, or Audis. Because it seems like (laughs) everybody has one there. If you have one Mm. and you're listening in Orange County... They're great cars. We love them. But it just seems like but, well, people buy them it's, it's for you, the badge. There's there's six cars at the par- at, at the light, and five of them are the cars you've just mentioned. That's Orange County, for sure. Yeah. Well, with the exception of the Range Rovers and the Porsches, those are down it, there, too. Yeah, you got to sprinkle yeah, that fair in. Point. Fair <laughs> point. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to say, okay, you're used to the Japanese thing. You're needing something that's going to be pretty insurance-friendly. And somewhat reliable because, again, if you're not going to yeah. be autocrossing or diving in, I'm not seeing you really doing your own maintenance or wanting to set aside mm-hmm. a budget mm-hmm. for maintenance for German engineering. We'll get there. Yeah. James, you've got a career ahead of you. You'll get there and you know stay with that. And that's why this Lexus down here intrigued me because it seemed like the, the step up. It seemed like, man, I'm, I'm you know flexing my muscles here and I've got the degree and I'm yeah. going after the yeah. job. And it seemed, it seemed like a sharp choice on this list. Of everything, but um, I'm curious to know yeah, what we, you had, what you thought here. Well, I mean, look, you've listed the ones that you that you're intrigued by. You said you're looking at the Grand Touring version of the old Mazda three, the 2010. You're looking at the new Grand Touring of the current Mazda three, the 2016. Uh, you, you said you've heard it handles great and it's great on gas. Honestly, I think both of those are correct, and I would say go the new Mazda three over the old Mazda three. In this world, the Grand Touring car is a much better car than people even think it is. I actually like pretty much everything about that car for your needs. I actually think it's great. You mentioned the Honda Accord Coupe. Uh, You're concerned about lack of handling. Of course, we decried the tires on that car. Oh, yeah, right. We had the stick shift, and you're going to get the automatic, which would would dumb it down again, which is unfortunate. So, yeah, I, I see your Lexus. I see the Lexus on here possibly... I do like that Mazda 3 for you. There's, there's a, I have to mention two cars. One okay. I'm surprised isn't mentioned, and the uh, other is on your list. I've got a couple the, here as well. You, I'm curious to know what good. you got. 
you've said that because you've talked about handling and handling more important than power, I wasn't too surprised that you put on your own list the 2015 Scion FRS. Now, I will acknowledge it's a stretch if you really want four seats. Unless you and all of your friends are small. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, there's this is, nothing back there. That's just really, space. yeah. When, when Paul and I are both in this car, the seats are back against the back seats. <laughs> yeah. When my son is yeah. in the car and my wife is in the car, the three of us can go. He's got to tuck his seats up, uh, uh, you know, crisscross applesauce, as apparently all the five year olds call it. He tucks <laughs> his feet up, Indian style, as I refer to it. And, and then my wife goes a little bit farther forward with the seat than she would like. And everybody's fine, and we can go places, and we enjoy it. But he's six now, okay? Yeah. And my wife is not overly tall. So, I mean, this is not a four-seat car. So I will. T- that's a place I think you're stretching it. However, if it's mostly you most of the time, and you do want handling, you would like that car. I actually don't think the automatic in the car is terrible. But here's the side note. You've said the reason you almost won't buy it is because you've heard that the fuel pump chirps. Mm. James, I'm glad you put this on there because Todd has been, you know, noting this and dealing with it. I wanted you to say a few words about it, too. Well, yeah, here's the thing. If you haven't heard it yet, it's called the crickets problem. And it is a source of much discussion on the forums for these cars. And here's the reality. You get a high-pressure fuel pump, this direct injection high-pressure fuel pump. Pick a car. Pick any car with a high-pressure fuel pump. It is louder than the older traditional fuel pumps. They're they're just louder by the way that they work. The one on the FRS which is Toyota technology, seems to be the blending of the Toyota and the Subaru worlds are not happy in this regard. And if you walk up to almost any FRS or BRZ, that fuel pump sounds like a cricket under the hood. Yeah, I've heard it. There have been people that have returned their cars and actually gotten them bought back as lemon cars because of this issue. The other wow. thing is, it wow. doesn't typically manifest until about 10,000 miles on the car. So people buy the car new, and they're like, it's awesome, and 10,000 miles in, it starts chirping at them, and they freak out. Some people, I mean, literally are having kittens over this issue. <laughs> Others have gone oh and under warranty gotten fuel pumps replaced, and guess what? 10,000 miles later, it comes back. It does the same all thing. Of that to, all of that to say this. As an owner, so What? So your fuel pump is loud. It's not like you're sitting there in the car going, what is that terrible racket? <laughs> when you're standing outside the car and the car is running, can you hear it? Absolutely. Is there anything wrong with the car? No, it's just a loud fuel pump. Is there any? Is that a reason to not buy the car? No. I could give you four or five reasons to not buy the FRS. That doesn't even make the list. So I wouldn't not buy the car because of fuel pump noise. It's, an, it's a known issue, but it's not a problem. I would put it that way. Right, right. I I can see that. And I, I mean, James, I'm looking at your list here. The Mazda 3, the Grand Touring, the Honda Accord, even the Scion. It's a cool car. But I'm looking, I'm, I'm racking my brain here thinking of something for you that doesn't mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, that's the car you went to college in, you know, when you show up for a job interview or to work or whatever. Because I, I when I graduated college, I still had the same Honda Accord that I had for years. And I drove sure, that at sure. my first job. And it was just... Okay, the college car that I drove, and many people do. So you're mm-hmm. in a unique position to be able to say, ah, done with college, got this budget, I'm getting something sharp, and I feel like I'm wanting something for you that doesn't say, hey, I went to college in this car. This is, I've graduated, fresh new start. That's why I like this Lexus IS350 so much. But I do want to mention the fact that you can't ignore the Infiniti G37 coupe or sedan. It's a bigger mm-hmm. car. I it's going to be four-place. It's going to be far bigger than the Scion FRS. It just is. Yes. I mean, the Scion, mm-hmm. yes, it wins on handling, yes, but that doesn't seem to be the highest priority for you, just 
kind mm-hmm. of what I'm pulling out of your email here. And I, I like the bigger car. I like the fact that you're going to need to take people around. You're going to need to do airport runs and friends and dinner and things that you can't even think of right now. So if you've got this yeah, little I tiny suppose. sports car, whereas Todd, he's got another car, you know, his wife's car. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a nicer balance where this is going to be your only car for now. And so that's why I say, all right, for 25 grand, I found a 2013 G37 coupe with 25,000 miles for 26K. Hey, we're here to spend your money. And then I thought, yeah, all right, just something to think about. I don't know if that, uh, this appeals to you or not. Remember I told you no European cars for now? With the exception of a Volvo and the S60 T6, which is a pretty fast-tuned Volvo from the factory, hmm. 20,000 yeah, miles, okay. 19,000 miles for also $26,000. That could be a brand-new car. It's sharp. It just I, – I like that it's – it's like, you know, people look at your car and it, it does say a, a particular thing about you, whether you're, oh, he likes sports cars or, oh, yeah. you know, you're a soccer mom you, or whatever. It just, it says something about you. And that's why I'm un, Unsurprising to everyone needs. listening, unsurprising to everyone listening, I took a different tactic. And that is, I don't care what people think of the car you drive. I don't care if people think of the car I drive. I drive an orange FRS. People look at me. <laughs> the other day I was driving, I told you this, Paul, I was driving in a snowstorm the other day. Down yeah, that was pass, funny. In a snowstorm, I, ha- I suddenly looked up and realized everyone around me was in an enormous SUV. And here I am in my little orange sports car with my winter Yow. tires Downhill. hammering along. And I know they're watching me go by them and they're thinking, who is that idiot? But I was perfectly rock solid with my winter tires in my orange sports car in a snowstorm. So I come back to drive the car you love. Who cares what people think? You're out of college. Drive a car you like. I do get the sense here. That you need, you know, look, you need this automatic, you need 25 grand. You want it to be fun, though. And a, a car I'm going to yes. bring up, and I don't yes. know your budget. I don't know your budget. Paul's already brought up the insurance thing. That's a fair question. But a car that I'm surprised is not on here. And I'm going to mention it. Insurance may be the killer, but the current WRX, you can get in an automatic. Now, it is a CVT, but Subaru's CVT yeah. technology, I know, look, man, I don't want yeah. automatic anyway, but we're, we're forced into automatic here. Can you it hear is me a grinding my teeth over here? Yes, and I agree with you. But in the world of CVTs, which is not a good world, you're at the upper level of that world. Okay, it's, it's I, I, sorry, it's the prettiest of the ugly girls. I hate to say it, but there you go. <laughs> All so, the ugly girls, the, you're the best. Yeah, but 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 the Subaru CVT, okay, it has a, it has that thing where it, it acts like it's got ratios. It acts like it's got six ratios. We had it in the standard uh, Impreza, even. You know, for a CVT, it does a really good approximation of a normal automatic. So I don't think it's worth avoiding for that reason. But the WRX is a car with genuine space, a decent interior. You get a lot for your money. Yeah. When you put your yeah. foot into that it's car, there. it's going to feel fun. It's going to feel fun to just dart through traffic if you have no uh, corners at all. But yet it does handle well. I think you've got to take a serious look at the WRX. And I feel like, personally, it's all, for me, it's almost a sniper shot for you. Because I think the, the killer for me on that car is probably your insurance cost. I can't speak to that. The automatic will help you because the stick shift will probably be more to insure. Sure. But I say look at that WRX, the current one. Because I think that could be a does-everything-you-need car. I like all these choices just because they're not the European snobby. Because, again, I mean, what would people think if he's, you know, a young guy driving a European something or other, something that looks hot, and you think, oh, well, you're just, you know, you're just buying it for the badge. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Instead of buying it for the good car that it is or buying 
a discerning car. That's why I suggest these other Japanese cars. That's yeah, why I know. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. But I, oh, by the way, I, I, before we leave, James, yeah. I have to mention one thing. He listed cars he's driven. <clears throat> one of the cars he drove. Did you notice this? He I did. Has a 1996. That's the last year. 1996 Nissan 300ZX manual transmission. And the reason James has driven it is because his dad has him drive it every now and then to keep the battery from dying. So, in other words, it goes nowhere and it sits there. And that is a tragedy. And I'm sorry, but we must move on. I hope your dad isn't thinking that's going to be, you know, the next to go up at, you know, prices and auctions or something like that. Because I don't really see him. I mean, maybe for a super clean example, but that car deserves to be driven. It mm -hmm. needs to be. Manual transmission, yeah, 300 yeah, yeah. ZX. That's a fantastic car. It needs to be driven. And you don't, you don't <sighs> say if it's twin turbo. Uh, if it is, then it's even more needs to be driven. But at least the turbos have the th theoretically the chance of going back up. But those cars are never going to explode. Maybe. They're not just, supers yeah. or those kind of things. I just anyway, that car should be driven. We should move on before <laughs> we do though. Hey, uh, if you're listening to this and you have not rated the podcast, please rate the podcast. Those of you that have. Thank you so much. We've got some really nice just comments, some good ratings. That is consistently helping us. We are our average rating in like the, the automotive podcast is higher right now than it's ever been. I'm saying average. That is we're pretty in the top cool. Ten a lot. But if yep. we're not in the top ten, we're like at number twelve. Because we are consistently <laughs> growing and you guys are helping us do that with your ratings. So if you haven't yet, please do. This next one is great. This car debate is for Antonio. As I mentioned before, he is a young dentist in Pismo Beach, California, twenty nine. He's a dentist, a husband, and recently became a father. So he's got a mm -hmm. lot of needs, and it seems like he's all over the board. If you probably looked through this email here, he's looking at trucks. He likes to surf, so he mm -hmm. needs – he's got the uh, under six feet, the short boards, and you know, being in a beach community, well, of course. It seems like, yeah, yeah sure. you've got to have something for your sure. water toys, you know, that kind of thing. And he's owned a sedan, notably all Fords so far. He's got a Ford – had a Ford Ranger pickup truck. But now he's got a new baby. So congratulations, Antonio. That's fantastic. You know, congratulations on your growing mm -hmm. family. He's got a bit of a bigger budget here, 35 to 40K. And I'm racking my brain on this one too. But what he's got here, his wife has uh, – he describes his wife having a CX-5. That's the Mazda CX-5. Which we love. We love that. We do. We do. We've actually recommended that on prior podcasts. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they've already got the – I guess that's the road trip kind of well, it's the, stick all it's the, the stuff in there, car. the family utility. It's the family utility car. It's five here's seat, Antonio. small SUV, you know, good gas yep. mileage. It's the, the usable do-everything car. And he's saying here, this may be my last sporty fun car for a while. Now, I'll be honest with you, Antonio. I don't really know why you're saying that. I, mean, I, I can't figure that keep, one out either. Keep, keep uh, buying fun cars. But let's just go with that headspace. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to buy you a fun car now. Them. We don't understand. Seriously, I mean, that, that, that's the thing. But anyway, um, but you, you want a car. Obviously, look, it's got to carry a child seat. You want to hopefully get your surfboards in it if need be. I'm also going to say, hey, get a, get a roof rack. But anyway. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you hopefully want to get your surfboards in there, and you, you know, you're you going to have to have your daughter in there. You want safe car, good seat space. I get it, but you want to have some fun. But then you start listing the cars you're considering, and it, we go back to all over the map. Yeah. Yeah, look at this. He's got well, he's got my car, the Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland. That's exactly car yeah. the, that I drive. It is not a fun, fast, sporty car. It is excellent no. for Utah. Great it's truck. actually snowing. It's Great dumping truck. snow outside, and it's fantastic mm -hmm. for that, but not mm -hmm. for what you're looking for. So this Land Rover LR4, the Q5, 
a truck, get yeah. those off your list. Get something fun because you're going to be much happier. And as Todd well, said, also get the rack. His 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 wife's got that covered. You've got right. No, let, let's right. Not, let's not have you guys wind up in two SUVs of roughly five seats. It's just I, let's get you into something else. You do mention the Cadillac ATS on here and the Lexus IS 350F Sport, both of which we've driven, both of which we like. But the thing I notice on both of those, I don't know if you saw this common thread, Paul. Everything on this list, though, has a nice interior. This is not a guy oh, that we're going to be able to recommend point. some sort of stripped out, you know, like like. I'm not saying this even works, but WRX, FRS, these cars are out for him. Yeah, Forget yeah, the yeah. fact that they don't meet other requirements. Right. It's just cars of that type. The, the interior is not nice. Enough. Everything he's listed has got a nice interior. It's a good place to be. So that is a big factor here. I have three, actually, I've thought of that are not on your list, Antonio, that I think you should take a serious look at. That's funny because I only have one, and I had this vision, Antonio. I just had this vision of, you know, <laughs> your patience and like – Man, my dentist drives this car. Who knew? <laughs> it's not a Porsche. It's not a European car. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to go out and say it. It is a Ford right. because you've had Fords before. You've had this 2008 Ford Fusion SE. Yes, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's just fine. And you had that Ford Ranger truck, also fine for whatever, surfing and beach life. You're sniper shotting. I kind of am. And I'm. it's this vision that I can't let go of right now because I think – Young, okay. cool, hip dentist, beach car, family, surfboards, cool lifestyle, and this car. And it's one we haven't driven yet. Todd keeps calling it out. It's a Ford. Have you guessed it yet? The Focus no, where RS. Can you imagine oh, okay. Antonio yeah. owning this car? Hatchback, yeah. fast, fun, ridiculous power. Fine, it's got all-wheel drive, but okay. it's got the hatch. Right. You can fit your kid, stick your boards in there, get the roof rack. How cool would that be? I can. Yes, it would be cool. It I'm be cool. envisioning this, and the interior is really yeah, yeah. not bad on that car either. And it's sure. gonna kind of fit your budget if you can mm -hmm. get to your dealership in February and throw down five grand or however much they're asking for uh, for your reservation. If you can hang on that long, I'm just yeah. I can't let go of this. My dentist drives a Focus RS. What on earth? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And he's this cool hip Fair surfer point. guy, and he's got a family and a baby seat in the back, and a surfboard on the top, and he's a dentist. And how cool is that? I would love I, to I see that. I do like that. I I see where you've gone. I <laughs> I hadn't expected that. I see where you've gone. I uh, I actually took a different. Uh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I took a different tactic because I looked at the IS three hundred and fifty F Sport, and I, again again I have to say, you know what, man? We drove that car and we were genuinely surprised by it. That is a yeah, worthwhile car, and I would get it in that spec. IS three hundred and fifty F Sport. Get it in that spec. Definitely, definitely. Good interior. The styling is polarizing, but I feel like it's growing on all of us. But anyway, so so that car is is cool. The Cadillac ATS, not as good in the interior department, still has polarizing styling, is the winner in handling. I don't know that that's really your primary consideration, but it is uh, great in that regard. Those cars brought me to two ideas. Okay. And then All I right. thought of another one after the fact and went, wait a minute, why is that not on here? So the two that the, the, the uh, Lexus and the Cadillac made me think of are these. I've got to say it. Chevy SS. Okay. Yeah. Looking for, I can see that. All right. Look. It's not gonna. It's not gonna turn heads. But honestly, I think it's a better car than the Cadillac a a ATS for uh, essentially the same money. I think it's a better car. I think it's a it's a better car to drive than the F Sport, but it is not as luxurious inside, etc. If you want to stay luxurious and a lot of power, I've also got to bring this up. What about a used four door E ninety M three? 
Hmm. Now, you're doing a little bit of a dice roll on reliability, hmm. I will acknowledge. But you're yeah, talking about that. you're talking about that. a naturally aspirated V8. So it's not some weird complex turbo that is known to go wrong. They do have problems with some of their turbo engines. That engine seems to have been pretty reliable for people. That four-door M3, it's super classy. Super if you want to go hoon that yeah. car, you want if you want to hoon that car, if you want to throw surfboards in that car, there is nothing wrong with that car in those situations either. Plus, if you want to go drive it hard, it is ready. I think an, a used E90 M3 is an interesting choice for thirty-five to forty grand. However, back mm. to new cars. Okay, all right. What about a Golf R? Why is that not on this list? Yeah, the Golf R, the brand new one. You're talking the the Mark Seven. Yeah, the current one, the current one, the Mark Seven. No. Great yeah. interior. I mean, look, we are not big fans of the DSG, but in the way you're probably going to use it, it's not going to matter. Good, great interior, good space. You'd be surprised by the amount of space in that chassis. Uh, it's got a hatch. The seats fold down. You can get your surfboards in it. You can get your whole family in it. And when you get the chance to put your foot in it in any kind of normal situations, that is going to be a genuinely fun car that is genuinely fast. I like that. That's a great suggestion, too, because it, it fits that hot hatch but still luxurious. Mm-hmm. And the, the Golf R is going to have far more luxurious interior than – well, it's going to feel like an Audi inside. You're going to love yeah, it. absolutely. It's really, it, it really be, nice. It is It is going to be classier than the, the Focus RS recommendation, even though the Focus RS is bound to be more fun. I just expect it will be. But that sure. Golf R is going to be classy, and yet it, it doesn't feel like – look. The Golf R gives off a totally different vibe for a young dentist than a Cadillac ATS. It just oh, does. Yeah, yeah, the Golf yeah, R yeah. says you are far younger and more interested in driving hard than the ATS does, even though the ATS is incredibly fun to drive hard. They're still struggling with that impression that that gives off. Even the Lexus has that issue, whereas a Golf R is just, I'm just still having fun, which I think is cool and yet very yeah. classy. If you want to go out for the night and be classy, Golf R, do it. And that makes me think of the S3, the Audi S3, which is the same running gear, same engine and everything, yes. but more expensive. And the Golf but R, as you expensive. said, it just seems seems more fun. I would, it just seems more I would go, get up and go kind of car, which the I The like. $10,000 premium on the S3 isn't worth it. I just don't think it is. No. I, I would go Golf R every single time given the choice of those two cars. So I think wow. that takes a worthwhile look there, honestly, Antonio. So hopefully one of those is helpful to you because I think the pattern is good interior but fun. Well, Golf R, let's do it. That's pretty good. Well, in any case, Antonio, any of these cars are going to want to make you close your practice and do house calls instead. You're going to have such a cool car. You're going to want to just drive around and see your patients instead. Dental nope, house I'm, calls. How does I'm, that go? I'm coming to you because I just got a really awesome car and I'd rather be driving it. So anyway, <laughs> whatever you do, uh, both you guys, uh, James and Antonio, write Is to us and let us know what you're getting. Do you wheel the big light in on the arms? You can like <laughs> shine the light over people's you know, big armchair. How does sure dental be house like calls? Part I'm of the confused. roof rack or something like. I am very confused right now. There you go. (laughs) Just relax. I'm going to rev the engine here a little bit. I got got to get my tools up to speed here and do some grinding. (laughs) Unbelievable. Okay. All right. So, uh, right, So this comes out uh, Christmas week. So thank you guys. Merry Christmas. Really appreciate you listening and watching. Mm -hmm. Pilgrimage is out. It might be a little bit too late to get it for Christmas, but think of it as a fresh new year, fresh new start. I've got all three movies here for you to order if you don't own any of them or if you need to round out your collection. We have a total of three, and they are sitting here ready to ship out to you. We would love uh, hang for you on. to see I've got, pilgrimage. I've got an addendum, though. We had a couple people last year when we released Mid-Engines and Mountains that were hanging out 
Christmas week, maybe even Christmas Day with family. We had a couple sons who sat down with their fathers on Christmas Day or the day after or before. They sat down one of those days when you're just hanging with family. I'm sure they'd eaten too much. They just wanted to watch something. It was fathers and sons, and they got on Vimeo and they watched Mid Engines and Mountains on Christmas Day. That's so, so you cool. may not be able to get you can't get a Blu-ray in time, but if you are sitting there with people in your family, in your life that like cars, looking for something to watch. Go to Vimeo. You can watch Pilgrimage. You would enjoy it. You would laugh. I think that's a worthwhile thing for this holiday. I will also say because we aren't going to release a video on Christmas Day. We're just not. But Pilgrimage is out there. We will be back the following week, which is New Year's Eve. We will be back with a video then. It's actually not Christmas Day this year. It's it's the 24th. It'll be Thursday. But this week, we're not releasing a video. We are releasing one the following Thursday, which is New Year's Eve. We'll be back with our weekly content for a while. So that's great. But This week, if you are sitting around with family, you've got car guys in your family, car girls in your family, sit down, watch Pilgrimage, because it's right there on Vimeo. I mean, how much on-demand stuff are you going to consume over the holiday? I'm consuming a ton of it. (laughs) Feel free to join us right there on Vimeo. (laughs) And that's if, uh, you know, football's over, you're not watching football, or you need something else. You need sorbet for the eyes. I think that's a great suggestion. So awesome. Sorbet for the eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't mean spoon. I do know what you mean. I'm just also sitting here and my head hurts. Okay. Yeah, we should close S- this down. Spoon sherbet into your eyes. and I don't know. Anyway. All right. It's Stop. late and uh, we're up to almost 45 minutes on the podcast. So thank you guys for listening, for watching. Catch all of our videos on YouTube and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.